The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I'm Maura Ahrens-Mealy, and this is The Anxious Achiever. We look at stories from business leaders who have dealt with anxiety, depression, or other mental health challenges, how they fell down, how they picked themselves up, and how they hope workplaces can change in the future. If we humans are such social creatures, then why do we make each other so anxious? In the last episode, we spoke with Dr. Jenny Tates about the specific kind of social anxiety we faced during the pandemic and afterwards, the perfect storm of isolation, fear of a terrifying and hard-to-manage disease, and now the fear of having to see other people again and going back into society. It's a lot. We'll talk a little bit about that with today's guest but also zoom out to talk about the phenomenon of social anxiety as a whole and why we humans, relational social creatures who need each other to survive, commonly experience social anxiety. Joining me now is Stefan Hoffman, a clinical psychologist at Boston University and one of the foremost experts on cognitive behavior therapy and treating social anxiety. So social anxiety is um, (laughs) an eternally popular topic, at least among my listeners. I I don't know if you find that in your daily life when people learn um, that one of your areas of expertise is social anxiety, if their eyes light up or if they kind of get nervous about it. What's the reaction? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, certainly uh, social anxiety is something that everybody can relate to and Uh, If people ask me what I do, I typically do not get into the specifics because otherwise uh, it would be a um, a, a pretty lengthy discussion um, that I'm trying to avoid. (laughs) They'd they'd want free therapy probably. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) How do you define social anxiety? Uh, Well, social anxiety is uh, just generally defined as um, anxiety around other people, around, um, uh, it has to do with fear of negative evaluation by others. That is sort of at the core of social anxiety. It is a very normal experience. We all need to feel socially anxious at some uh, points in our lives, and it's in, in our development, this is a very normal process where children go through stranger anxiety, through separation anxiety, which is obviously related to social anxiety. They sometimes feel timid in new situations. And if children do not experience that, uh, this is a sign of uh, of problems, typically. Um, and uh, so the, the pediatricians Pediatricians look at uh, this as a as a possible red flag if uh, children do not experience any social anxiety. And uh, as we grow older, um, as we go through the various life transitions, uh, social anxiety 
uh, fluctuates, comes and goes. Uh, you know, teenage years is more challenging period uh, where we try to, uh, you know, ident uh, to, to make sense of our own self, of, of mm -hmm. uh, trying to figure out who we are and uh, who, uh, who we like, who, are, uh, who likes us and uh, how, we, how we fit in, how we um, kind of figuring out the social norms that are around us. And also another, uh, and, and as we move through life, uh, this happens again during uh, new role transitions, such as, you know, finding a job, finding a life partner, uh, having children and, and the like. So social anxiety is with us and it, it, um, it goes up and down. But if uh, some people experience very severe social anxiety uh, and uh, to, to a level that it um, that it can interfere with one's life. Uh, and in this case, we often talk about social anxiety disorder if you meet certain criteria. Um, well, I'll actually throw in a listener question here from Tom, who asked, at what point does what's perceived as regular shyness qualify as full-on social anxiety? He says, I sometimes used to walk around the block a few times before finally plucking up the courage to go into a party, but I always just thought of myself as shy. And Tom, I got to tell you, I hear you. I've never been on time for anything um, social because I have to also sort of drive around or hide for a little bit before I can get the courage mm -hmm. to walk in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, shyness is a, uh, we, uh, we psychologists call it a personality uh, mm -hmm. characteristic, a trait. Some people are more timid, more shy than others. Some are more outgoing. And this is uh, a, uh, a, a very normal trait that people vary on. Uh, shyness per se, we would not think it's a, a serious, uh, is a problem unless, unless this is uh, related to extreme fear of social um, anxiety, of negative evaluation by others. Uh, shyness and social anxiety are two overlapping features. They are distinct. They are, uh, there, there are some interesting differences also culturally. There are mm. certain uh, cultures that, are, that value shyness more than others. Uh, American culture is a very uh, individualistic culture that is very focused on the individual where, uh, uh, versus uh, such as an Asian, uh, uh, Japanese, Korean, Chinese culture are, are more uh, collectivistic. These are often the two cultures that we compare people in, especially traits such as social anxiety and shyness. So in, coll in collectivistic cultures, uh, shyness is often a value, is, is is, is more greatly valued because the it has to do with um, where, where the collective um, importance is out, outweighs the individualistic uh, 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 you know needs and, and wishes. That a person there are gender has. differences too, obviously. There are absolutely gender differences where women tend to be um, tend to score more highly on measures of shyness than um, uh, than males uh, in a, in a. Western and male-dominated uh, society, the, the the person who uh, who is sort of a, 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 the the typical male male stereotype is the non-shy, go-getter, uh, aggressive, outspoken, and and and, and loud, and uh, so those are, those are the typical stereotypes that um, uh, that we're dealing with. Can we talk about evaluation? That's a it's a clinical word, but I've heard you mention it a lot. What mm -hmm. is the role? I mean, are we as humans sort of <laughs> always evaluating each other under the surface? And, and, and is that something that 
can get more heightened in social anxiety? What is the role of evaluating others in our social reactions? So, you know, we, we humans are social creatures. We, um, uh, this is the very f- reason why a, 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 a COVID-19 uh, was able to spread so much as mm. it did because we're social social creatures. We want to be around others. We form uh, we form groups, teams. Um, the desirable places to live are the metropolitan areas where people cluster and um, and we 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 form uh, you know structures, social structures, and um, we value uh, more than anything this social connectedness. We punish people. We punish ourselves through social isolation. We give children timeouts when they don't, um, when they misbehave. We uh, this is sort of the the, the go to uh, punishment <laughs> these days, right? Um, well, and we pun- we make adults feel bad when they want to be alone. Well, <laughs> I pers- speak from personal experience. Yeah, that's why the pandemic was also so distressing because of the social mitigation, social isolation strategies, and when we punish people. Uh, 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 in a serious way, we send them to prison. We cut them mm. off uh, uh, f- from others. And uh, if people misbehave within the prison system, there are uh, social. This is what what uh, what we take away: social contact, uh, no no visitation, uh, no uh, even even s- uh, further social isolation, uh, at, at, uh, uh, such as uh, solitary confinement. So mm. social, we value social uh, uh, social contact more than anything. The social value um, we, we, uh, is, is, is sort of the guiding principle in what makes us human. And um, um, for that reason, social anxiety can be so debilitating for this very reason. Um, for that very reason, also, it's so highly comorbid with depression. If you're socially isolated and, and alone, loneliness, being not around other people, is in fact the most uh, a toxic trait one can experience, one must track toxic experience. Being lonely predicts mm. all sorts of problems in your life. Uh, uh, also physical, biological uh, problems are associated with loneliness, with being socially isolated. Uh, we know that also through experiments with animals uh, even, um, that even they uh, um, require the social connectedness. Sure. And if you uh, isolate them, uh, you, you can kill animals, quite simply. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors. I'm Laura Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. But what about the role of evaluating others? I mean, I understand that we're social and that we we want to be with our pack. But yes. it seems to me that social anxiety pops up when 
it's a new experience and you fear that you may be being judged. Yeah. So this has to do with with the with the hierarchy we're we're building. With with we we value ourselves mm-hmm. not as an absolute person, but as a person in relation to others, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, we we uh, the on top of the you know the the more we are admired by others, uh, the more we value ourselves, uh, and uh, it, it is uh, really. Absolutely. Uh, the, so can, can I ask a question then? So why are people always telling us to find strength within and have our own self-esteem if it's just a fact that we draw value from how others perceive us? But, but because it is, it is a necess- necessity to, 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 uh, to value yourself before you can go out and, and, uh, and ask others to. So first, uh. love yourself before you can love others and before you can expect others to love you. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but but the this social hierarchy they were building is the very reason why it's so desirable in to be in these so-called leadership positions where mm-hmm. a, a lot of people know you, but you don't know all these other people who know you. Uh, and uh, you know, the, the, that's why we create these these massive political structures. It's why the president of the United States is one of the most powerful uh, women or men on earth. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, because it, it, for no other reason, because of the social structure that we're building and then giving them all this power as a result of that. Um, money is sort of a, a, a proxy of this. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a money in a way is a, uh, is a, uh, is an indicator of, of your power, but in fact, social power is considerably is is supersedes that. Many people can be very poor but still socially powerful. But obviously, you can easily get money through the social power. So the the influencers on the internet uh, uh, they are they are not people who make per se. Uh, financially rich, but rather they they convert this social power into, in, they monetized it, they turn it into money as a result of that. Uh, but what what st- we all st- it all starts out with a social influence. Once you have the social influence, you have the you have the power, and that translates into money. So so do people with social anxiety mostly feel it when they're meeting someone who is higher up in the hierarchy, or can you feel it with yes. anyone? Really? Yes. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, so social anxiety is, and, and there are interesting evolutionary theories suggesting that that uh, the the why there is social anxiety in the first place has to do, in fact, with this social hierarchy that uh, one perceives you, you perceive yourself to be lower in hierarchy, desire a higher, uh, to de- desire to be higher in the hierarchy, and uh, and this 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 tension that uh, that results from that uh, uh, causes this distress. Uh, so, and everybody wants to move up in this hierarchy. There's no single hierarchy, social hierarchy. There are multi. There are many, many hierarchies depending on the context you're uh, you're in. In a family, there's a social hierarchy. In a in a work environment, there's a different hierarchy. In your in your golf club, there's a different hierarchy. Sure. It's a, <laughs> At school pickup, there's definitely a hierarchy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Parents, yes. Yeah. Well, so that so that's interesting. So is that is that really our brain sort of doing some calculation saying? This person, your boss, say, is higher up in the hierarchy than you are, and, and, and you want them to like you. You want them to be bring you into the in-group, so you're nervous about your impression? 
Yes. Um, so this is very much a biological issue. Um, and uh, depending on where the... Um, uh, where you're standing in, in the hierarchy, you will have a very different response to stress. Um, and, and stress can, can... So, for example, um, in a, uh, uh, you can observe this in, a, uh, in our most uh, species related to us, in, in, in monkeys, in, in, uh, chimp, in, in chimpanzees and orangutans. When you, when you examine their... Uh, they also form um, a structure, uh, a, mm -hmm. a social hierarchy structure. And depending on where you're standing in this social hierarchy, you will uh, this the, the 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 monkey will have a very different biological response to this to the same stressor. So if you if you were in a, if you're in the lower hierarchy, this has a um, stressor imposed on you will 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 have a more quicker and a more disastrous uh, consequence on your body. If you're higher in hierarchy, uh, you can tolerate this. Uh, the same stressor in a much better way, and you can even act out your your, your aggression and frustration and um, uh, in, uh, in in um, you know um, uh, monkeys lower in hierarchy. I'm going to throw in another question from a listener who this is Leslie Carr. She asks, to what extent is social anxiety a result of relational trauma? Do we carry past traumas of being? shamed, etc., into our grown-up lives as social anxiety? It can be. Uh, there's no, um, no single reason why, uh, uh, why people are more socially anxious than others. Uh, there is a, uh, certainly the, the history that a person experiences has an effect on, uh, uh, on your uh, current state. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the question is, though, um, is, is it, is, uh, so this has to do with na nature versus nurture, to what extent it, it, it's the environment, to what extent is it actually something that you bring into uh, as a, uh, through genes and, and through your biological um, uh, makeup. Uh, we we do know that uh, social anxiety is quite heritable. That means that it is um, uh, a shyness is a very heritable trait. That means that, that the genetic contribution is actually quite high. There's a a, a a concept called behavioral inhibition. This is a a early childhood shyness um, that uh, we know is um, is evident very early on. Uh, right. The famous example life. of the the baby crawling. Over the um, the glass uh, floor in a lab, away from its sure, mother, right? Sure. Or being as, willing to leave its mother. Yeah. Sure. Sure. As an example, uh, the, uh, there's a a, um, a psychologist at Harvard University, uh, Jerome Kagan, has been studying uh, children very early on uh, in life, and has been following them up over the years uh, as they now became, uh, he, he started when they were toddlers and uh, they're now uh, in their 30s, I believe. And he's been, um, uh, uh, he's been able to identify fairly accurately uh, two uh, types of, uh, of, of, uh, of, of responses to novel uh, and potentially threatening environments. One Early on, children, uh, they either approach a novel situation as uh, in a curious uh, way and, and are not easily 
uh, uh, not easily, don't start crying easily, do not, um, uh, are not overly timid. And there's another group of people who are very timid, cry easily, have a, um, have a very uh, low pain threshold, and so forth. Uh, uh, these, this, this is a remarkable, remarkably consistent trait that, 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 uh, that, uh, continues to, uh, exist even as they grow older. And the, the more timid ones, the, what we call behavioral inhibited, uh, uh, children turn more often into the socially anxious, uh, individual and, uh, who also tend to have more, um, more, psychological problems in other ways. Uh, they might be more depressed, might have uh, other forms of anxiety, panic attacks and the like. Um, and interestingly, he also studied them not only behaviorally, but also he looked at their brains and their uh, biological response to stressors. And he found that one particular area in the brain is 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 quite quite important. It is called the amygdala. The amygdala is often referred to as the threat center. That uh, is a very small almond shaped structure in the middle of the brain uh, that um, that responds to novel and potentially threatening uh, cues. If something is new in your environment, your amygdala lights up, so to speak, and uh, and and those. People, those children, uh, also, also those adults later on, seem to have an overly active amygdala. They respond much more so to novel cues with a with a, uh, with an activation of the amygdala. And they also, uh, uh, I, uh, looking at at a person's eyes in a magnet or uh, faces, uh, uh, this leads m uh, to a greater activation of the amygdala. But what are some examples? You know, it's interesting because I, I understand a little bit of the science behind it, but I also know that when you when you are that inhibited child and you grow up, certainly in American society, in Western society, and you are shy, you're constantly getting messages that you need to speak up, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And so can we just talk a little bit about the role of your conditioning in schools, in mm -hmm. early leadership, on sports teams, in your family that might create sort of trauma? Mm -hmm that breeds social anxiety as an mm -hmm. adult it's quite important to um for society in, in general to to find ways to accommodate uh, differences in people because yeah. we 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 the, a society thrives if we let uh, let the variety bloom they all let all the flowers bloom uh, <laughs> so we so there's nothing inherently wrong with being shy there's nothing in fact shyness is also we know is very uh, closely associated with um, not only introversion, but also with people who have deep, meaningful lives, who think hard and deep about the subject matter. Uh, some of the uh, greatest genius uh, in the world uh, that we know of have been shy, awkward individuals who are not socially, overly socially, uh, 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 you know, skilled. And uh, so we not we ne we need to um, let uh, sort of the the this not to conceive that as a weakness, but as a strength in given situations. That's the important thing. And so I wouldn't. Um, uh, as you as you raise your child, I think it's important to to make sure that you highlight what 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 actually they bring into this world as a value. And no matter what that is, that you don't have to be better than somebody else, but rather you you know you, you show traits. 
that uh, that that makes this person a unique person and uh, and in a way you know life is in a way figuring out this what 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 it is that that makes you uh, well, uh unique you know? so so what you're saying is that it's possible to be shy or introverted but not be socially anxious to sort of understand your preferences and not turn that into anxiety is that what you're saying in a way yeah i'm saying that the social anxiety that you experience the shyness you experience shouldn't hold you back uh that once once it holds you back that's a problem but social anxiety per se shyness per se is not the problem but once you start avoiding once this thing is starting to interfere with your life then it becomes a problem uh, and fortunately there are there are effective ways to deal with this you are um an expert in cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Why is that such a um, successful approach to treat social anxiety disorder? Uh, well, CBT is a, is a very broad term. It's uh, so we, we focus on um, improving people's lives through um, um, through uh, reexamining and, and and perhaps uh, modifying maladaptive cognitive processes and behavioral processes that that seem to maintain the problem in social anxiety the, uh, the 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 in social anxiety disorder so not social anxiety but social anxiety disorder people who have who show that their uh, social anxiety is interfering with their lives and and causing them a lot of distress we would uh, examine what what it is that maintains this problem why why is it causing distress and interference and then we uh, we target uh, uh, this through uh, specific cognitive and behavioral uh, interventions. And we find that to be very tr uh, very effective. So we find uh, effectiveness rates of some 75 uh, plus percent of people who, who respond really quite well to cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, there's, at this point, I, I don't think actually you need to live with uh, social anxiety disorder. You need to live with social anxiety, but you don't need to live with social anxiety disorder. You can wow. really treat that very effectively. So, get, can you give us an example from your work of a of a treatment that that mm -hmm. was successful? You know, it's not. There's no no uh, uh, single intervention, but so mm. you know, you 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 really do focus on the uh, on the individual in 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 great detail. But what we what we do know is that um, avoidance strategies are really uh, uh, one of the uh, big reasons why people continue to have the problem. So this is. You know, as as so, anxiety is, is not an, a desirable state, obviously, and so as a, uh, you're trying to sort of avoid it, you you or you you can only endure it if uh, if you carry your 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 favorite whatever around, and 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 so that that, that is a um, that that maintains this a vicious cycle of avoidance and anxiety, and we break this vicious cycle through. It's, it sounds pretty harsh, but but we know this is, works very well through exposure techniques. Exposure mm -hmm. means that you um, you find ways to um, to to um, expose yourself to whatever you're most feared, to your most you're, you're, you're most fearful of. In fact, we create situations where the person. Uh, can experience the worst case scenario in social situations. And do you create a party if that's someone's worst case scenario, walking into if, a party or a crowded room? Yeah, if that's what, <laughs> what it takes, well, we might. Uh, we, if somebody is a 
one reporter who asked me um, uh, about her, uh, what, what she should do with her own social anxiety. Uh, she, for example, uh, exp uh, thought that she, she's afraid of appearing stupid of appearing mm. non not knowledgeable and we uh uh and she lived in london and so we figured what what uh, a possible exposure situation and she decided to uh, we decided that it might be a good idea to examine the the feared consequences of what it what it would be like to uh, uh to appear stupid by uh, by going into uh the uh, london subway station and asking um, uh, a, a random uh, a group of uh, five uh, plus people. Uh, uh, the following question: Number one, uh, 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 does England have a queen? Uh, and then number two, what is the name of her? Uh, and uh, uh, so she did this, and um, and in, and 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 felt felt very silly. And uh, but in fact, uh, people. Uh, um, you know, uh, she she thought that people would laugh at her. She that that they would they would just stare at her. That that there would be groups of people forming around her. She had all these ab absurd ideas what would happen. Most people were obviously in a rush, and uh, yeah. and they uh, 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 and they said, yeah, of course she, we have a queen. And and uh, the second question, what's her name? She got the first two answers. Oh, oh I don't know, Queen Victoria, I think. <laughs> this was there was the first two answers, and 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 it, it turned into a, into a fairly a funny experience for her because she 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 was terrified initially, and then here the here she is. Uh, 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 Experiencing how other people really make a fool of themselves by not knowing who the Queen of England was uh, in 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 the London subway station. Uh, so this is an example. Nobody was standing around her. Nobody was laughing at her. Uh, people just 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 answered a question they they got in, and and she would never see these people again in her life. So, well, but that's my question though, because because there's no hierarchy implication there, right? I mean, you know, I I. What if she had done that with a coworker, with a colleague at her newspaper? Yeah, so you have to uh, uh, judge that. This is a clinical judgment, obviously. So you don't want to. I would refrain from from doing exposures that where people could actually experience long-lasting negative consequences. That's mm -hmm. not a good exposure. But rather, in most cases, these kind of social situations come and go, and it's no big deal if somebody evaluates you negatively. Obviously, if you're if your boss thinks that you're that you're incompetent uh, or dangerous and you will lose your job, or your husband thinks that you're uh, cheating on uh, uh, is, uh, that you're cheating on him and 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 or whatever, then that, that's that's not exposure. That that is that is actually not a desirable situation. We don't want to create this. But in most cases, you you drop a uh, piece of piece of pastry on the floor in a restaurant. Uh, you spill water over yourself. You 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 laugh too loud. Whatever that might be, this is this is people are forgiving. There's not a big deal. There's not a catastrophe. But see, the problem is that many people with social anxiety don't see this distinction that yeah. that anything that violates social the social norm would uh, is perceived as a catastrophe. That is that they need to avoid it. it, it any cost. And that is the problem. Not well, all situations are, the, are alike. Yes. I was thinking about the relationship also. I think in, in a career context, in a work context, a lot of people that I've observed who have social anxiety um, is 
that they just please people, right? Mm. They, they're afraid mm. of conflict, and so they're overly people pleasing, App- appeasing. That's right. Yes, exactly. Yes. Right. yes. 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 Exactly right. And uh, uh, this is part of what of uh, you you wanting to be liked at all costs. You do not need to be liked at all costs. Not many. That the fact is that that there are plenty of people around that don't like you. And but so, so be it. Uh, you don't need to like everybody, and not everybody needs to like you. You just need to create a life that works for you, and that you need to surround yourself uh, with people who you like and who like you. But there are plenty of people in this world who will never like you, and it's just not a big deal. I love that. Well, speaking of, my last question is a is a sort of pandemic emergence question. I'm sure you're getting a lot, which is that. You know, I think a lot of us this year, whether or not we have social anxiety disorder, are coming out of, of, of a lot of alone time and less social interaction thinking, God, this, this felt kind of good. Maybe we want to pair back. And um, if you tend towards being socially anxious, what's a good framework as we approach going back to a life where we might have social invitations, we might have to get out and start networking again? How do we how do we think about adjusting our behavior towards um, maybe doing less socializing, but not feeling guilty about it? <laughs> you know, yeah. or not feeling like we're doing something wrong. Well, I think it's it, it would it's sort of a a, a way to reset uh, mm. uh, the situation, and you whatever has bothered you in the past is a good there's a good way of of figuring out what it was and to make it right this time or or correcting it. So. I think we are, um, and it's well. There's not a you know the right. There's no right answer for everybody. The, the, everybody needs to figure it out for himself. But there, I think we, it is easy to get get back into the into the old mode of having just as many social contact as possible and and meeting with as many people as possible. And perhaps if that has been your mode and that has been stressing you out too much, perhaps. This might be a time to 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 focus on on people on, on having fewer but deeper relationships with people, and we know that this mm. is actually also the more important um, aspect of social connectedness. Uh, it's not it is not the number of people that we that we that we surround ourselves, but it's it's having few deep connections. Um, so this might be a, a, a for for people who were, who have been timid and 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 have been uh, restrained in social situations, this might now also be a time to go out and expose yourself more and uh, to reset your individual uh, approach uh, as well. And uh, so whoever, whatever your, your, uh, uh, your past is, you don't have to relive it again in the future, but you can now uh, find a different way of dealing with the social world. I love that. Whatever your past is, you don't have to relive it in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you very much, Dr. Stefan Hoffman. My pleasure. That's it for today's show. Thank you to my producer, Mary Dew. Thanks to the team at HBR. I'm grateful to our guests for sharing their experiences and truths. For you, our listeners, who ask me to cover certain items and keep the feedback coming, Please do send me feedback. You can email me. You can uh, leave a message on LinkedIn for me or tweet me at Mora AM. And if you love the show, tell your friends. Subscribe and leave a review. From HBR Presents, 
This is Maura Aaron's Mealy.